Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. This week, we're going to be talking with Rick Powell, who is a church elder here at St. Peter's, as we discuss being Christian in the medical field. Rick, so thank you for taking the time to, to be here today. Can you uh, just get us started off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am a physician assistant by way of being a U.S. Navy hospital corpsman. I like to say that I've been in medicine for over 42 years, right out of high school, I joined the Navy with a great desire to be in a science-related field. As you test out, it's called an ASVAB. They tell you that, uh, hey, look, you would be uh, good to be in the medical field. We have hospital corpsmen. I was a Navy brat, so I was already familiar with that. So one person jokingly said, well, you get to pass out drugs and hang out with nurses. The last part sounded good, hanging out with nurses. <laughs> I'm glad the first part didn't sound good to you at the time. <laughs> I immediately was put into an intensive care unit, took real uh, quickly to to learn in medicine, pressed a few doctors. They thought that I would probably be an asset to the Navy by going out as an independent duty corpsman. That means that you uh, ride ships of smaller natures, destroyers and frigates, but there is no doctor. You are the doc. As I did that for about uh, six years, I made a name for myself out there, taking care of all my crew. Then I went with the Marines, did the same thing. Somewhere along the line, one of the doctors said, you're pretty sharp. Why don't you apply for the Navy in-service procurement physician assistant program? And I said, well, that's great. He says, oh, yeah, they pay your whole tuition. So I went to George Washington University while I was on active duty, became a physician assistant, which is what I do these days. So after 22 years in the Navy, came out with a great education, great skill set and a nice retirement check, I might add. And so I retired in 1999, and I have still been a civilian physician assistant in many disciplines. So here I am in Columbus, Indiana, but I practice medicine in Indianapolis currently. We have several of our youth who have decided that that's the path that they'd like to take to go through some form of military and then work their way through education. With the rising cost of colleges now, it's an option that, that a lot more kids consider. It's still a very good option. You could talk to any recruiter of any branch of the service. And if you've got the grades, you've got the moxie, they could probably find a spot for you to not only medical field, but there's a lot of technological fields and computer skills. So I think the military is still a good way and they do have a lot of good benefits for college. And then there's also the benefit you can retire fairly young. You're you're still a young man, I would say. Uh, Well, thank you very much, George. (laughs) I've been retired uh, since uh, 1999. I'll be touching on age 64 this year. And I can say, I really do appreciate that retirement check every year, or every month, actually. (laughs) Tell us how you got to Columbus and St. Peter's specifically. I was down in Orlando, Florida, and single, divorced, um, and I found that uh, the wandering spirit was still tugging at my heart. So uh, they have a thing that they call locum tenums in the medical field. It's kind of like a traveling nurse. You put in for assignment requests. Toyota, right down the road here, was needing a physician assistant, an advanced practice provider, to come work in their clinic. When I got here, they said, well, it's not really here in Columbus. It's in North Vernon. So that was NVIC, which is a big foundry, and they have a clinic right outside of the foundry. So that's where I had went. Uh, I'm 
coming from the Orlando Kissimmee area, and I'm going to North Vernon. Quite a little culture shock. I've never seen deer running in front of my clinic when I was in Orlando. <laughs> anyway, I just took care of occupational health injuries. There's a lot of burns uh, that happen in that type of foundry situation, but the clinic was also made available to families, so I got to continue family practice, pediatrics, women's health, and a lot of preventative medicine, helping people with their diabetes, hypertension. So I was down there for three months, and funny thing happened to you while you're running that clinic. There's this uh, lovely little blonde lady who keeps bringing over injured patients to me, and I like what I see, and I'm hoping she likes what she sees, but for the three months, we really never did much more than just professional conversation. Toward the end of that three-month stint there, we decided maybe we should go out and try to eat. This would be my current wife, Leanne, so we decided to go to the 4th Street down here in Columbus, and uh, they they had this nice little layout where it's kind of a meet and greet. So I figured, hey, I'll invite her out to free vegetables and pizza slices and all that. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Well, that night uh, there was no food. So I had to come up with plan B. And so she said, well, where do you want to go? I said, I really don't know. It's not my town. So we ended up at Montana Mike's, and I always like to tell this, but she disagrees. We got there at 7, sat across from each other, talked like two high school kids all night long, found out there were a lot of common denominators. And somewhere about 11 o'clock, the manager said, could you take this party somewhere else? <laughs> so we closed down the joint. And a couple funny things was her dad's name is Dick. My dad's name is Dick. Her mom's name is Jenny. My mom's name is Jenny, spelled differently. And we we're going do, 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 do. So anyway, after that, we started to communicate more on telephone, texting, and then, of course, I went back to Orlando, and uh, it was becoming a long-distance romance of sort. And she said, you're going to need to come back up here. So came back up and actually worked for Toyota again for a short while. So, And then I proposed to her. <laughs> so you saw her, and you kind of knew right away? Not really. It was just... Uh, an attraction, but I can tell you that one night uh, at Montana Mike, everything lined up perfectly because we were very forthright with each other. What are you looking for in a relationship? Number one thing, both of us said, you have to love God before you love anything else. Second, I'd like to be number two on that list. And three, I want somebody who's going to go to church with me, be in church with me, enjoy church with me. And so it was like, Ding, 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 ding. All three of those were winners. We had both been praying for a soulmate that would fulfill those three things. And then, of course, everything else comes along. You have children on both sides. You have, uh, you know, a diabetic dog. You have a father with Alzheimer's. <laughs> so we just took it all in and uh, said we can make this work. And how long has that been now? Uh, since 2014. So we're coming up on 10 years. So let's back up. Tell us about your faith walk. When did you come to the faith, and how have you grown in your faith? Well, I came to Jesus at age 13, became born again via a United Methodist pastor. He was a really good friend of the family, and we had a small group. We had Bible study in our house. Just everything he was saying clicked. So we, all of our family, there was five of us plus mom and dad, we just came to that point where we surrendered and became born-again Christians, and everybody goes, born again? So you have to kind of explain that to them. And then we went down to the Osage River, which is a, a 
big river there and got baptized. So um, like a good zealot, I went to school and tried to convert everybody, got punched in the nose a few times, got my arm twisted behind my back. But I have never lost that zeal for the Lord. Have I wandered off the path every once in a while? Absolutely. It's been wonderful that the Lord has got so much mercy and grace for me because I took that into the Navy, was able to uh, use that aboard my ships, and use it with uh, people who are injured and made a lot of a lot of friends and a lot of brothers along the way. And now, here we go, what, into my 63rd year of life. God's called me to uh, higher learning, so now I'm in uh, seminary overnight. It's a, it's a night school seminary. It takes me a little bit longer than the traditional way to be one day either— uh, you know, working in a hospital as a chaplain or being a care pastor and just uh, ministering to people. When I talk to uh, Pastor Tyke and Pastor John, they go, well, who speaks hospital better than you, Doc? <laughs> so I hope it I hope it plays out that way. That's what I feel God's calling me to do now. Well, that's awesome. And I think that you kind of led us naturally into, into our, our topic for today. And you already kind of, you know, alluded to some of those things. But kind of our first question, question we have is, you know, what has your experience been like as a Christian in the medical field? Can you kind of touch a little bit more on that? When you're a sole medical representative, like an independent duty corpsman, you're out to sea with 480 guys, 600 and something guys, and you're Pretty much the doc, the chaplain, the pharmacist, the dental provider. You know, after you get them healthy, then it's amazing how the guys will gravitate toward you. They got a Dear John letter from home, and they don't know how to deal with that. Or they found out their kid's sick, and it it might be a long haul. The Navy doesn't say, hey, you can check out and go home. You got to sit there and process those emotions. And it gives uh, a lot of those men a opportunity to uh, reevaluate their faith. And sometimes um, they're very amenable to hearing what God has to say. And if I think if you're a, a Christian and you have a heart for people, uh, you know the Word, then you can share that with them, and they're very receptive. Some people say, well, I think you're just taking advantage of their emotions. I don't think so. I think people are searching for answers. They're searching for healing. Uh, They want to know why God is doing good things in your life or why God uses problems or situations to his advantage. So you have a captive audience. You have an audience who's got ears to hear. And we don't have chaplains on every ship. So the funny thing about being an independent duty corpsman, guess who gets to be the pseudo-chaplain? We call them ecumenical lay leaders. I mean, you get to uh, really open up and, and share. Now, there are some people who just don't want to hear it. They'll punch you in the throat if you mention the word, but I haven't found that many of those. I find that hurting people, they're willing to listen and, and willing to hear. Now, that's that's easy to say when it's a captive audience of a small U.S. destroyer, but uh, here I am now out in a large uh, company where I get to take care of five different clinics, and uh, guess what? still seeing those hurting people. Some don't understand why this is happening. Some don't understand their their disease, their illness, their condition. I have found, and I've unfortunately been the one who to make that uh, decision that you need to see an oncologist. You do have cancer, or you're going to have to go see a surgeon. That toe is probably not going to last. People, they're hurting. They want to know why. And just showing the love, the care for them, it tends to open their ears, open their heart. So I I found being a Christian, and here's my secret to practicing medicine. I practice medicine vertically. So every morning I'm thanking the Lord for my skill set, 
I'm thanking the Lord that uh, he's put me in this place, and I just ask him to use me. Practice in medicine horizontally has been easy for me in 40 years. I seem to be a sponge to the medical knowledge and pass all my tests and boards and all that. But what makes it so uh, exciting for me, because I, I think I had to have another seven years in the saddle. I love it. Just practicing vertically. I just ask God to show me people who he wants to be ministered to. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, we had that series before Pastor Tyke retired, joining Jesus on his mission. It's so easy to know that he's already got everything lined up. You just come alongside, be a mouthpiece, be a good listener, and, you know, be good with your word. You need to know the word because there's probably one or two verses that they need to hear, and it just knocks the dominoes down. I've had some people come to know the Lord, not by my articulate or whatever. Just they're like, you model it, you do it. I want to be like you. What's your secret? And then the door's wide open. You just rush through it. Now, there is so much in there that I could like to ask some questions about. Go, go, so go. One of our questions we had told you to prep for is like the challenges. A lot of folks think, you know, the ra- the Navy are kind of rough and tumble, guys, and the Marines are even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but when they came to you, you had them, and I've got to be careful how I say this, they were in a position where they were hurting, they were in need, and you were able to supply care in a gentle way. The challenge probably was, where do you introduce Jesus? Sometimes they don't have to be hurting, and sometimes it doesn't have to be a vulnerable situation. People, like some of the commanding officers, some of the division officers, they would know that, hey, Doc's also like our pseudo-chaplain. So uh, we might be sitting down to eat some chow, could be just MREs around a, a campfire or something, but the commanding officer said, nobody's eating. Till Doc says a prayer. Or the commanding officer of the ship might say, Doc, we want you to do prayers before uh, we hit the rack, you know, before we call lights out. So you go up and, and you pray, and uh, it's kind of like, you know, Pastor John up there, he'll pray for uh, our sick, our injured. He'll pray for the needs of our country, our ship, or whatever the case may be, you know. Sometimes it was amazing. They just open the door right for you, and you just walk through it. And, you know, I would always try to pick a Bible verse to put the guys to to sleep at night and just trying to plant one seed at a time, Johnny Appleseed. Were there no prohibitions about what you could say or what you could do as a Christian there? No. I mean, again, you know, the corpsman, the independent duty corpsman, got to be kind of the, like I said, ecumenical lay leader. So uh, not really. I mean, uh, I used the Bible, and, you know, I would just say in Jesus' name, and nobody nobody pulled back on the reins. Now, I'm not sure of this day and age, is it so equitable across the boards, but uh, this is the 70s and the 80s and early 90s when I'm out there. So whether I was in the field with my Marines or uh, aboard ship, No, there wasn't any pushback. I can tell you my civilian jobs, there's been some pushback. Uh, Even this job that I'm in now, they all knew I was a Christian. Somehow it came out in the interview, strange enough. And they said, well, we just don't want you kind of pushing that. But, you know, if a patient wants to cry or pray, you're all about it. And the funny thing is, is the company I work for is uh, two Christian gentlemen and uh, they fly in from Michigan, and they'll always say, Doc, 
you must have been praying for us because we got through that rainstorm. And and then uh, we'll go out to their helicopter and pray for them before they leave. It's foul weather. And uh, But my company, which is the vendor to this larger company, they're like, yeah, just be careful. We don't want to get anybody's toes stepped on. So I just, I just feel like uh, the Holy Spirit has led me and given me opportunities and opportunities. Um, even my wife, she's she's an HR lady. She said, "Be careful out there. Don't get yourself in trouble." Um, I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Lord's got some force field around me. <laughs> well, and again, if somebody asks you, you're welcome to talk about Absolutely. it. Correct? And Absolutely. And so you just you put yourself in that spot, and then when the opportunity is yep. there, you're ready for it. And I think something else you said, something we've emphasized a lot. You have been blessed to be a blessing. You know, your, your ability to know a lot about medical things has helped you in that core. And now as, as a physician's assistant, so many different parts of, would you say earlier, you were the dentist as well as the doctor? <laughs> yeah. That, that that allowed you to hit, you know, I shouldn't say hit, uh, to treat people in so many different ways yeah. and be prepared when they came with the word. Well, you know, the the one thing that the Navy gave us opportunities is I could, uh, well, I have been in pediatric clinics. I've been in women's health clinics. I have done far more combat, urgent care type stuff. So I can sew with the best of them. I have done spine surgery. I've done orthopedic surgery. So, you know, when people come to me at this large company I'm at now, they they just know that uh, I'm going to give them a right answer. And if I can't fix it or I don't know the answer, we're going to find the answer, whether that be a referral to a specialist or something like that. So, you know, when you're when you're good at your craft, I think that uh, they have a lot of faith and trust in you. So, you know, they all know I'm in seminary. So a lot of them come in and now ask biblical questions. Hey, you know, I'm, I saw you for that bronchitis, but I want to ask you this. I heard this in church or I heard this on the radio. So it's it's been interesting because it's almost like a miniature Bible study all the time. <laughs> Well, and we could go a lot more into your your seminary things. I think maybe we'll save that for another episode, okay. right? Because we're uh, we're already into about twenty minutes into this episode. But I wanted to ask, you know, so somebody who is preparing for medicine, there's a lot of kids now that go, oh, the doctors make a lot of money, or or for some reason they're they're you know a lot of sports medicine. I think is a big thing for the athletes. They've seen that the trainers and they've they've been to to orthopedics. So there's a lot more interest in it. If there's a young adult, somebody that's considering going to the medicine, and they're a Christian, is there any advice that you give them? I, I would say just continue to be true to the Lord, faithful to studying the Word, faithful to your prayer life. And, you know, just uh, if, if medicine is your passion or science is your passion, we'll teach you the rest. There are phenomenal schools all over the place. But I would just caution anybody, don't get in there and start jeopardizing or um, short-sheeting yourself. Stay true to the Lord, and the Lord will bless you. Uh, Practice medicine vertically. Practice nursing vertically. You love the Lord with all your heart. It's easy to love other people. And uh, to fulfill that commandment is is probably a lot easier for us because we get to see hurting people, people in need, and uh, we just we just run to the fire and start taking care of them for people who are you know not in medicine and you know how do you do that well 
there's a lot of people on street corners. There's a lot of people that need help. But I would say if if any any aspiring person wants to be in nursing medicine, one, don't do it for the money. Do it for the love of taking care of people. The money will come to you sooner or later if that's what you're desiring. But uh, the more money I make, the more I give to the church, the more I give away to people who need it. So my wife says, slow down. <laughs> Again, that's a perspective I think that we could apply to any profession. Yes. Uh, that, you know, keep that vertical relationship first because then you are able to love the people and being able to be, you know, being deeper into the word, then when those opportunities come, you have those words to share with folks. Absolutely. Your coworkers. They don't have to be somebody that's come to you for healing in the terms of their body, but there's a lot of hurting people. Absolutely. In every profession. And uh, those of us that know the Lord have a have great comfort and a great word to share with those folks. That's true, Dustin. Any other thoughts that you've got? Yeah, as George said, I mean, there's just there's a lot of a lot of great stuff there. <laughs> uh, but one thing that you, you talked about, and we've talked about this on uh, previous episodes about the joining Jesus, and that yeah, Jesus is at work all around us, and we just need to be aware and you know just just be looking for that. And I just think you brought up some good points of there's some people who are going to be receptive and there's going to be some that aren't. And so it's just kind of being aware, kind of feeling the temperature of the room. And, and like you said, just looking for those opportunities, you know, when the spirit prompts you follow that prompting and, um, you know, just do it faithfully. But I think, yeah, just knowing that it doesn't have to be these big things. Like you said, it's just showing love and care to people and just finding those opportunities where, where we can do that. So that's kind of the, the encouragement, you know, as we've been throughout this whole series of different vocations is how can no matter what where you're called whatever whatever vocation or or place you're called just look for those opportunities and as you said prayer you know spending that time in pray that that God would open your eyes and that you would see those opportunities be able to to share the gospel whether it be through through word or deed yeah and, and something Rick said earlier I just want to clarify too for for our Lutheran friends that don't always throw the word around those of us that believe in Jesus we're all born again once we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. And some of us, that happened early when we don't remember it really well. Some of us can pick that date. But all of us that know him are born again. Absolutely. And the other thing that uh, Rick mentioned, too, we don't know which part we play in somebody coming to know Jesus. You know, we may be the one that that plants the initial seed by just sharing a a witness with them or a word with them. Somebody else may nurture that along as they share another word or they walk alongside of them. Somebody else may be the one that that then you know prays a prayer with them in which they they come to know Jesus and accept him. Each one of us has to be willing to play whatever part and let the Holy Spirit do the work in their heart. And when we're there. All we are is the hands and feet of Jesus sharing the gifts and talents that we have. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great point that it's Jesus in the spirit that does the work. But yet people are in different places where there might be an opportunity where you listen to the spirit's prompting and you share something and, you know, that person comes to faith and you're like, oh, well, wow, that was easy. And then there's other people where it's, it, it, you know, but you don't know all that was done before that. And same thing, like you might be that person early on that's just planting that seed and maybe you don't even see the fruit of it but you don't know how God is working and using that. So any any final thoughts, George? I don't have any other ones. Rick, anything you'd like to share before we close here? Just to always encourage people to get uh, active in the Word, whether you have your own personal Bible study or you're in a small group. I'd like to see uh, more people carrying their Bibles, whether that be, I guess, on uh, your iPhone or whatever device. But I think we need to always be... Uh, 
listening to everything and then comparing it to the word. The sharper you are with your sword, the word, probably the better you will be used by the the king. That's what I like to see people do. Get into the word. Well, Rick, thank you so much again for taking the time to to join us. And, you know, we just look forward to continuing these discipleship discussions and talking about the five by two and uh, hope that our listeners will keep on tuning in. Now go out and serve God and others.